Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. Where we fan about teen drama casting. Do we hmm? fan about teen drama casting? No, we don't. <laughs> no, I no, always, we don't. I always wonder, like, should I listen to another Riverdale podcast? Should I know the buzz that's out there? I don't, I, but I I don't, don't want to know the buzz. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a weird sort of thing. We've talked about this before, where you're like, I should know this stuff because we talk about it on our show. However, I... I don't want to be connected into that world. I don't want to know the behind. I don't actually want to know the behind the scenes things. We're not like E Entertainment. No, no, we are. We are giving you raw what the average person gets if they just watch Riverdale. I don't want to be tainted by other people's opinions. <laughs> I don't want their taint all over me. I have recently though started watching um, Madeline. Oh, I don't. I Aish? know she pronounces. I think it's Patish. 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 Madeline, I'm sorry. I know you pronounce your name on your YouTube, which is what I'm talking about watching. <laughs> yeah. But remember when I couldn't pronounce Hiram's name because it would just enter my head and then leave right away? Even though they all say it that way? Yes. Yeah. Same deal. I do watch her YouTube, but her YouTube is mostly, I'm just like, hey, look, actress in Vancouver. Ooh. 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 I was an actress in Vancouver once. So I feel like (laughs) I'm not really getting an inside scoop. I know she hangs out with the girl who plays Tony, like, a lot. Well, they have a lot of scenes together. That makes sense. I know that Lily is really busy all the time, can barely be on her channel. But, like, those are the things I took from... (laughs) watching it and that's all i got yeah all right i did wonder the other day though i was like trying to fall asleep and i was like i wonder if riverdale is just functioning on a level like above where we are (laughs) Above where humans can comprehend they're just doing so many things that we just cannot cannot get maybe maybe it's above us all (laughs) maybe uh roberto traveled from the future and maybe if we this listen, is how future TV is. Maybe if we listen to these other podcasts, maybe they're all on that level. Maybe <laughs> we just don't know. Wait, wait, you wait. So you tell me that maybe Riverdale is you know somehow something that's you know beyond our understanding, but other people are understanding it. No, Aaron, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, children are often wrong, but they're also our future. Yeah, but I, I mean, believe that child. That's not a song. <laughs> no, I believe the children are our future. No, I do like how you gave it a hundred percent at the beginning. Like I'm going to start singing a song. These aren't the lyrics to a song. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I believe children are our future is the lyrics to a song. Maybe like a Toby Keith song. Uh-huh. Something. Maybe that sounds I like. I believe the children. Our future, I believe. I mean, I think... The flag is what drives us. I don't know. I mean, that does sound uh, Toby Keith-esque. Really just made up an American country song. Yeah. But inspirational things. Children. (laughs) Children And flags. And trucks. And and, future. And man in blue jeans. And America. It is. It, it's like watching uh, Independence Day, and he does the speech, and you're, and they're like, oh, America." These things. I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, "What makes you patri- patriotic about Canada?" And I'm like, "It's a good country. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I like living here. Yeah. What represents you? Grizzly bears. <laughs> I enjoy it <laughs> in the I mountains. Like, I like living here." <laughs> I got nothing. We we are by and far usually unintrusive. <laughs> Pretty quiet. Just the way that I want to be. Real chill. I have a handsome prime minister who doesn't do a lot. <laughs> the government does a lot. But the prime minister himself, 
Usually don't. You know, no, the yeah. prime minister usually doesn't do a lot. The, that's why there's all the other ministers. There's so many levels of government. There's so many other ministers who are actually doing things. Whenever, like, like our foreign affairs minister or our environmental minister some, does something, everyone's like, ah, Trudeau. And it's like... <laughs> like he, he didn't make that decision. <laughs> nope. He, nope, not directly. Just, just a figurehead. <sighs> Canada. Yeah. Different than America. Well, speaking of different than what things usually are let's Ooh. talk about this episode because this is riverdale season three episode 12 bizarro dale bizarro dale i really thought this was gonna be an alternate reality episode yeah i don't know where the title comes from because originally it was kind of set up that Jughead was like, ooh, Riverdale. So many dramatic things happen in Riverdale, but normal things happen too. So I thought it would be an entire episode about interpersonal relationships. Yeah, I thought what essentially we were going to get is we were going to get something where that, like, they were almost hanging a lantern on the idea that, look, we know all our other episodes have been, like, crazy and bizarre and things like that. But here's just an episode about two sweet teen boys in love. It's not about that, though. But it does begin like that, because Jughead mentions that, hey, you know, in a town that's, like, murder and candy is the norm, which I guess it has been for the last three it's years, true. or, depending on how you want to see things. The last 30 years. <laughs> Hard yep. to say. Hard to say if Riverdale was ever the town that they keep telling us the town was. But we start with a shot of our leads, and then essentially the camera is like, hmm, we don't care about those leads this episode. <laughs> Not these dummies. Let's go over here. Do the not leads, where we see not Sheriff Keller and not Mayor McCoy. And not lead character Josie. And our sweet boy, Kevin Keller. And uh, not Sheriff Keller. What do we call him? Daddy Keller. I don't like that. Well, when he was young, we called him young boy Keller. So is he now old man Keller? <laughs> old man Keller. Who has no job. Or, Unemployed Keller. Who's uh, digging in the digging by the river trying to find himself some gold. Maybe he has a job with Archie's dad now? <laughs> I think he's just riding off of his sheriff severance, maybe. Oh, he probably did get a severance. Yeah. Maybe he gets hush money from Hiram. So, Sheriff. Yeah. Uh, not Sheriff, Sheriff Keller. He and... Not Mayor, Mayor McCoy. Are finally getting married, but they don't want a big wedding because they've both already been married before. And they're they're both like, it's not really the time for that. It's it's like they're aware of the TV show. They're like, we can't do a big wedding. Something will happen. Someone will get shot. Yeah, they're like, are you aware of this town, children? When big things happen, bad things happen. So we're going to town hall. And the kids are like, but please, we're children. We don't understand stuff. Can we please throw you a party? You can have a reception. Here. Uh, the Le Bonnet. And the parents are like, ugh, you guys are not going to shut up unless we say yes, Kevin, right? Kevin pulls out a fun thing where he's like, if you don't have a reception, the Gargoyle King wins. And Kevin and I both, real life Kevin and I, looked at each other and went, huh? Is that true? Is that what you believe? Is that what the Gargoyle King believes? <laughs> do, do you think the Gargoyle King did all this so people won't have receptions anymore, Kevin? Does the Gargoyle King hate parties? Anyway, uh, Kevin doesn't want the Gargoyle King to win, and neither do his parents, so they're like, ah, fine, I guess we'll have something. And then just happening to walk by is Father Moose and Moose. Yeah, Big Moose and Little Moose. And they're like, hey, hey. <laughs> Not the name of the dad, but that's what we call him. I don't even remember what Moose's last name is. Is it Mason? 
Yes, Daddy Mason. Yeah. Yeah. No, Big Moose and Little Moose. Big Moose and Little Moose. And they're like, hey, Big Moose, let us be the first to, or you can be the first person to be invited to our wedding reception. This is, good. This is like the the second time we have seen Big Moose and probably the second time we've heard him talk. So so we don't know anything about this man, but he's real sketchy. Yeah. They're like, hey, mo- hey uh, uh, Big hey, Moose. Mooses. <laughs> hey, hey, Moose. Hey, <laughs> hey, Come Mises. to, Come to Mises, definitely. Hey, Mises. Hey, Mises, come to our party. Uh, and Big Moose is like, I'll think about it as he glares. <laughs> he, he's he's all but punching them in the face with his eyes. And he walks off. And Little Moose is like, hey, Kevin, I love you so much. I didn't say it out loud. I can't. Goodbye. Yeah. And Kevin checks him out as he leaves. But uh, both both uh, not Sheriff Keller and not Mayor McCoy have re- have ideas of why uh, Big Moose doesn't like them, and it's because Big Moose had a crush on Sierra in high school. Yeah, and as we learned later, crush on something else. Yep, not accurate, but all right. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of sex in this episode. Oh, uh, there, we see a lot of the top of breasts in this episode. So much postcoital. So Tony and Cheryl are uh, cuddling in their poiscoidal glow. Tony misses the serpents. Cheryl isn't different. <laughs> she likes living in a house. Cheryl didn't join them on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl was like, well, I didn't want people, I didn't want my mom to, you know, get a bunch of people killed in uh, the white worm. So I told them to leave and then they gave me a jacket that was red. So. So I was a serpent, but I like a house. And Tony was like. I miss my family. And then Cheryl's like, I don't care. Let's look at our SAT scores. Yeah, Cheryl's very excited. She wants she she want to get into Highsmith College. And so she looks. And she has almost a perfect score. But Tony. Tony is smarter than Cheryl. Yeah. And I like how they they subtly, throughout this episode, and through a lot of things, constantly reminds us, like, Tony is very, very good at almost anything she tries to do. It's true. But she's very, like, subtle about it. She's very low-key, because she comes from a family where you don't strive for stuff, mostly because her family doesn't support her in any way whatsoever. Yeah. Except yeah. for her grandfather. Who we have not seen. And never will again. Probably dead. Probably dead in the riots. Oh, no. So let's pick up from where we left off last episode with Hermione, <laughs> Veronica, and Reggie. Hermione Lodge demands that Veronica and Reggie pay for those drugs they burned. She parents them is like, okay, well, you broke that vase. So that means you're going to have to pay for it with your allowance. Unfortunately, Veronica and Reggie's allowance isn't enough to pay for the vase. Yeah, they do that thing where rather than having to say an amount, which I think is smart. I think that if it's supposed to be a large amount of money, if you don't say how much it is, it's hard for us to quantify it. We just know, know it's a lot. Yeah. She slides them a piece of paper. And they open it, and immediately you see their hearts fall down to their feet. When they're like, oh my god, it turns out drugs were a lucrative business. Oh my god, drugs are so expensive. (laughs) But they were so easy to burn. (laughs) I like the idea that Moose was like, well, when I buy drugs, I just buy like a dime bag. So what, this is probably worth like, I don't know, $75? So what, we gotta get like, well, let's say $7,000. We can do that, that's easy. No, it's it's so much, it is so much money that... Uh, Veronica references Ozark, the another Netflix show. <laughs> Thanks, TV. Her, this is the, this is like her first reference from this Decade. last five years. <laughs> Usually, she's referencing things from like the 1930s. So, so them's concerned. Smash cut to Cheryl interviewing at Highsmith College, and she, apparently, she, you know, she's very good. She's, she's all that, and she also is legacy. So it's perfect. 
However, the uh, uh, the admissions lady informs her that they have a new initiative, which I misunderstood. At first she said diversity, and I'm like, okay. But it turns out what she means by diversity is no to try- no people who have parents who went there are allowed to get in now. Yeah. <laughs> which is an insane initiative. And what I thought it was was code for, we don't want any more blossoms here. You people are so weird. When your mom applied, she was married to her brother. It's a problem. <laughs> we don't want that anymore. Now, Kevin, do you think this is an all-girls college? Because I do. It it feels It feels like it could be. We don't know enough. So... I'm a little puzzled by this. <laughs> but yeah, but I assume they just don't want the blossoms. But it turns out that Cheryl is immediately suspicious. She goes, hmm, which person on your board of directors made this sh- this initiative? Uh, which will be revealed that it's, of course, it's Penelope. It's Penelope. She's Penelope apparently- <laughs> has blocked all legacies from getting into this college to stop her daughter. Be- because of... Let's be clear, homophobia. Yes, she feels that no one gay should be allowed in the school. I can't. Which, if this initiative is for more diversity, <laughs> then they should want more people with different backgrounds, but, aka lesbians, should be applauded. No, this this is. Let's be clear. This is Penelope Blossom dropping a nuke to deal with a rat. Like she's like, I don't want my daughter to enter. So we'll put out a policy where nobody who is the child of a previous <laughs> alumni can enter. Like, it's I mean, insane. I mean, clearly, the board is not like, oh yeah, we don't, you know, you know, ah, no, no lesbians. We had enough. No lesbians in our all-girls <laughs> school. There are no lesbians in our all-girls school. I can promise you that. It's an all-girls school. How could there be lesbians? <laughs> There's no sex that happens in our school. It's That's all why girls. We all-girls school. <laughs> <sighs> I don't believe that's the case. No, I think Penelope... I think Penelope just gave him a lot of money. I don't even understand how Penelope has money or power anymore. I don't know. Like, let's just talk about that scene. It's crazy to me. Like, she's talking to her daughter about how homophobic she is while standing in her brothel. Is But but just a straight brothel, Aaron. Penelope's only, the worst. Only straight. So every time we see her in a scene that's not this, I'm like, shut up. Mm-hmm. I don't... Every time, like, in the last one, she was talking about... Remember her big speech about how, you know, men she always em- held her down? And, and she empowers women now? Yeah. But don't be gay! Oh, Penelope. <laughs> I understand that you were raised by the sisters, and then you went to the Blossom House, so you had no chance of being normal. <laughs> but, I don't know. Try. <laughs> the, the world is big. <laughs> Experience things. <sighs> so, speaking of... Gay, I guess. Yeah. Kevin asks Moose to go to his dad's wedding with him. But Moose isn't out yet to his dad. Which is very, very sad. Yeah. They're making out in the music room? I think so. And then the ROTC, like, bursts in. They all get into pose. And there's just one ROTC guy. <laughs> who's who is... like, hey, Big Moose, I told you they'd be in here. Let's be very clear. Also, this ROTC guy is way too smug about this to the... To the level that I thought he was going to be gay for Moose. Yeah, and was just trying to break up Moose and Kevin. I, part of me was hoping that it was going to be revealed that everyone in the ROTC is gay. And just all had a crush on Moose? Yeah, so they're all angry. Like, that's the reason. 
world but is. It turns out this guy is like not a character. We don't see him again. No, no. He he, he smiles at him smugly because he snitched on the uh, making out, and then off they go to do something. Well, in a very similar scene. Josie goes to visit Sweet Pea in his tent room to invite him to the wedding. Though Sweet Pea is first wondering if it's some sort of booty call, because apparently that is a thing that was happening the entire season. Yeah, because because after Josie's like, "Hey, uh, you know, you want to come to this thing?" and Sweet Pea's like, "Oh, is your boyfriend?" She's like, "Oh, don't give it labels." All of a sudden, Sweet Pea goes from. Zero to a hundred. He's like, no, I need labels. I can't just be a hookup for you. I can't be a booty call. <laughs> I, I like you too much. Yeah, Sweet Pea puts out a lot of, like, baby serpent feelings in this, and I don't think we're going to get a resolution on them. Nope. I mean, we might in a later episode, but for now, he's just like, I just wish that we could actually be together. And she's like, oh, my emotions. And she leaves. <laughs> my emotions. <laughs> I need to go find someone else who can't deal with their emotions. And this is puzzling to me based on the later scene, but I'll talk about it in the later scene. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then. So um, Coy and Keller are having some, like, flirty fun, and I, it's a very sweet scene. It's so cute. So cute. They're, They're about to have real sex. Very good sex. Adult but, sex. But first, they need to eat their room service. Yeah. Which they got a lot of. They got, like, a full fruit tower. I'm thinking this is, like, their pre-wedding celebration. Yeah, pretty much. Or this is just what they do every night. They're in love. <laughs> Where do their kids live? Josie just has every night. Like, Josie, go practice at the school or somewhere. Maybe the kids live in the Keller house. <laughs> <laughs> and not Sheriff Keller and not Mayor McCoy live in the McCoy fancy oh. hotel apartment. Oh, maybe. But then she goes to eat food and she lifts up <laughs> the, a, uh, a food cover. And a hardcore music sting comes in because there's a letter beneath. Ooh, and it's marked with a seal of red. It's a letter from the Gargoyle King. That is the most broadly threatening letter. It's like, you better come back to the school and redo Ascension Night or I'll kill you <laughs> or I'll kill your kids or... I don't know, I'll run down the street and scream. Do this thing, because other things could happen, and I have no evidence that this stuff could happen. And For I am the Gargoyle King. Ah. Get the Midnight Club back. Yeah. yeah. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a, a, a cute little scene where Cheryl and Kevin have a heart-to-heart. Carol, Kevin is Carol. Cheryl. Uh, if Kevin and Cheryl ever got together, their couple name would be Carol. With a K, yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, Kevin is sad eating candy. Can- sad eating candy. Cheryl thinks that he should get on Bumble, which she actually calls Bumble. <laughs> well, we've had and Bumble we before. We saw Bumble earlier. Reggie. So Reggie was on Bumble. Now I think they're a sponsor. It's so strange to me that also it's Bumble and not something like Rumble or Crumble or Fumble. Which is why I think they're a sponsor. <laughs> I think they paid money to be a real name. Yeah. Bumble was like, well, no, what, is on, what is on your Riverdale show? But call us by a real... You know what? Call I still have Bumble. this PVR'd. I'm going to see... Because remember the first season they were doing like all of their um, cover girl things where they like showed each character doing their makeup routine with cover girl during yeah. the commercials? Maybe, Bum- maybe Bumble has ads? Yeah, I'm going to watch it I can't see. imagine Bumble having ads. I can't imagine any of those things having ads. Can someone tell us? <laughs> anyway, it, this is so sad. Kevin says, and I quote... <clears throat> Well, maybe if Moose liked me more, he would come out to his dad. Yeah, and that's heartbreaking. And Cheryl takes it 
the wrongest way. She's like, no, Kevin, you're awesome. Let me show you. Time for Cheryl to be Cheryl. So Cheryl can apparently just go on the... Because <laughs> she's student body president. Yeah, she could just the first openly lesbian student body president. So it's, it is interesting to note that she does identify herself as a lesbian, not mm-hmm. bisexual. Because mm-hmm. Tony uh, identifies herself as bisexual. Bisexual, yeah. yeah. She has started the um, LGBTQA... Yeah. Um, so, what is it called? Society Gay Straight Alliance, essentially. Yeah. But yeah. whatever it is actually called. Yeah. Because it was called Gay Straight Alliance in the nineties. It's still called that now. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The the whole thing is we have that one jerk bag in Canada who wants to who doesn't like GSAs. <sighs> he won't. I mean, he he wants. Uh, oh, I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna say his name because I don't think he deserves to have his name said. I'm not <laughs> trying. I'm not trying to avoid it because I think he listens to us. No. Mostly, I just don't want to say his name because yeah, we he's don't a jerk to, bag we don't who I don't think anybody want, should listen to. Anyway, she makes the club, and then she goes in honor of the club I've made. Here's a blind item. <clears throat> there is one hunky member of the ROTC who won't come out, but there's a boy who loves him. Bye! It's very clearly Moose. Obviously. And on the bright side, like, this makes, I, what I'll say, every gay person is upset about this in the school. Yeah. Because uh, Tony's listening to it, and she is furious, rightfully so. And Kevin and Moose are furious. Yeah. I mean, Moose is a little bit more, like, mortified, but... Luckily, Kevin and Moose talk to each other and immediately work it out. Yeah, because... Moose is like, did you ask Cheryl to do this? And Kevin's like, do you know Cheryl? Yeah, it's... I assume the show was just like, oh, we don't have time to do that. We can't make this dramatic. Just Too many things. They'll get over it. Meanwhile, Tony is furious, and Cheryl is... Doesn't really Cheryl. understand what she did. Yeah, and this is this is a good crystallization for the character of being someone being like, no, you did wrong because you are you. You and your stupid <laughs> chaos thing. Exactly. And Cheryl's like, I didn't say it was Moose. And Tony's like, oh my god, everyone knows. It was so obvious. You just pushed him out of the closet. Yeah, at the, yeah that's not the point. Like, you don't, you don't do things like that. And also, also how incredibly aware of the situation Tony is where she's like you're do- you're doing this because you're upset about your mom it has nothing to do with Moose or Kevin you're upset about your mom and, and Cheryl's like oh like what no no I'm not <laughs> there's this weird one where Cheryl's like is this our first fight and Tony's like oh we are not going there <laughs> all you can think about is the fact that you're mad at your mom and you can't get into some fancy college that I could never get into or pay for and Cheryl's like I'll pay for it and Tony's like oh my god not the point <laughs> so Cheryl uh, in her head creates a plan but pretty much immediately she's like wait I can do this I can make this right but I do need your help though So and I guess Tony immediately decides to help yeah. I don't know how she gets talked into it. I, I'm assuming that Cheryl actually tells her about it. We don't learn about the fruition fruition of this plan until... Really, until the end of the episode. Yeah, apparently there's a bunch of steps that she's just sort of adding on as they're going. So It, it may not even be a plan. This is Cheryl's plot line, is what I'm saying. So, at, also at the school, Archie sees Josie, and she's sitting in the music room and crying, and he's like, oh no! What's wrong with your emotions? Your eye ducts appear to be leaking. Can I help? Do where you, where you is require, your panel? Do you require soldiering? And jo- <laughs> Josie reveals that she really, really wants to audition for Juilliard, yeah. but she can't even get to the audition, because she wanted to get Sweet Pea to drive her, but they had the fight, which means that she loves to use Sweet Pea. Um, 
That is a way to see it. Because the way to fix this would be to actually date him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it adds it's I actually like the way the scene is set up by telling things about a character. Because one thing she also says, because Archie's like, Oh, are you in sweep? He's like, No, no. I broke up with him to focus on my music. Which is a total lie. And but tells you so much about her character that she is willing to lie to someone who has nothing invested in it to essentially keep her appearances up. Yeah, because he wouldn't care. And in many ways is kind of lying to herself as well. Mm-hmm. So hey. Good writing. And she also says that she can't ask her mom for a dry, for a ride because she can't tell her mom about the audition because her mom will get too into it. That's true, yeah. And if she doesn't get in, her mom will be like, what's your backup plan? What are you doing next? And Josie just wants to audition and try. Well, I, I have this feeling, and I hope the show kind of runs with it, that maybe Josie really does like care a lot about Sweepy, but she has that whole protective wall thing up. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hope her arc here goes in that route. And takes her back to him. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that would be cool. But it has, um, it has very little to do with what's going on in the rest of the world, which is... Sweet boy Archie agrees to drive her. Yeah. Because he has his jalopy. Also, Archie is fine now. He'll pay some lip service to the fact that he's dealing with things. <laughs> he's good. He's good. Archie's storyline is done. He was only really bad for like half of an episode. Yeah. Okay. So uh, back at Le Bon Oui, Veronica does some math and she's like, we do not have enough money. And then we get to see the thought process of Reggie Mantle, which is where he goes, oh, man, do people still, still rob banks? And Ronnie's like, I mean, banks are difficult to rob. And he's like, but you know what's not difficult to rob? My dad. We could rob my dad's car dealership. Not at nighttime, because that's when there's security guards. In daytime, when there's no security <laughs> When there's <guards>. people. <laughs> but I know when my dad goes to lunch... Like, what? <laughs> Reggie, not smart criminal, but enthusiastic. Now, th- we know many things about Reggie now that we did not know before. Yeah. Reggie is, in fact, rich, which yep. we weren't sure about. Yep. Reggie's dad owns a car dealership, which explains why he was in the drag racing episode. Which is why he could get them a car for the drag race, yeah. Which was also not clear historically. <laughs> it's clear now. Whoever wrote this episode has done a great job. Yeah. We have learned yeah. so much about these secondary characters. Very useful. Uh, but yeah, so he's like, well, we can rob my dad. And Veronica's like, yeah, we could rob dad. So these kids are going to go rob um, Reggie's a, dad. They're going to rob the bank of Reggie's dad. But you know what? Reggie's dad deserves it because Reggie's dad keeps beating Reggie up. Yeah. And also like. I mean, that's it, what Reggie says. Well, yeah. and Well, I mean, and we also, we've seen it. Yeah. We've seen it happen. Um, I, I, I was saying that and also like. This feels like a very thing that I would see in like a show like this. People being like, oh, we're in this impossible situation. Oh, man, but I'm an insight on my dad. Yeah. Like, they're not going to rob, just rob a random bank. They're no. going to rob his dad. And Reggie does say, too, he's like, well, you know, I'm going to get the car dealership when my dad retires. So I'm really just robbing from myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Reggie. All right, well, we see Reggie's dad in this next scene. Because all the grown-ups meet. Yeah, they all talk about Ascension Night, and they all got letters. Hermione Lodge gives FP a little bit of it, because she's like, I thought you caught the Gargoyle King. And FP's like, I clearly caught a fake Gargoyle King. I said that. I told you it was a fake Gargoyle King. It's not the original one. (laughs) (laughs) And then Penelope goes, well, this is obviously happening because... Not Sheriff Keller and not Mayor McCoy are daring to be happy. 
Penelope is far too aware of the motives of the Gargoyle King to not be involved in some way. <laughs> she, she, is, has... she is far too precedent over, over like, well, it's all these things. These, like, clearly it's these things. I mean, she kind of... She's kind of right. She's kind of right, also kind of wrong. Uh, we thought it was Penelope at this point. Yeah, yeah. Because she's Cheryl's mom. Though it's also weird how FP is like, oh, no, Tallboy was just wearing it. I'm like, but he was wearing it for Hiram. Hi- didn't Hiram call himself the Gargoyle King at some point? I think Jughead shouted, you're the Gargoyle King in Hiram's face, and Hiram didn't deny it. No, 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 no. But later, when he, when it was doing the whole, like, um, you know, the quarantine thing, he, like, says someone to call him a king or something. Oh, maybe you're right. And also, he he gave people direction. So, so it's... I'm going to say right now, this is a little spoiler, they do reveal that there's, I mean, always there's a bunch of Gargoyle Kings. Mm-hmm. It just seems like the Gargoyle King now is just whatever someone wants to use to give someone orders. They're like, oh, the Gargoyle King. Because apparently everybody's affected by it. Maybe there is no actual Gargoyle King. It's just people using this game. That seems way more likely. And, but, yeah. then, but then because the people in this town are freaking insane, they're like, oh, it's some evil uh, presence. And like, no, it's just a bunch of people... Using your paranoia against, against you. you. Um, then we have a short scene where Archie watches Josie audition for Juilliard. Well, yeah. yeah, That's that's, that's pretty much the scene. Why he's allowed, as a person who's auditioned for, like, a lot of professional training programs, why he's allowed in the room? Total <laughs> mystery. Okay, Aaron. So you're Josie, and mm-hmm. you're going to the audition, mm-hmm. and Archie's with you, and you kind of want him to watch, and I'll be this Juilliard uh, group of people. Excuse me, sir. It's really stressful to audition. This is my support friend. May he be in the room with me? Look, I don't care. It's really important, though. He's my support system. No, I understand. I don't care. He drove me here. No, I mean, if he wants us to, I don't care. Oh, okay. I don't care. <laughs> they, I get paid so much money just to watch people sing. I bet they know they're not going to take anyone from this weird small town. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't care. You're down with the murder stuff? Mmm. You're the town where the people marry their brothers? Mm. Mm. I mean, that boy can come in because you're not coming to the most prestigious school in the land. I would like to imagine that also Archie, they just didn't know. At one point they turned around, they're like, oh my god, there's someone back there. How did he get in? There's a boy back there. There's a robot boy. <laughs> did you bring your robot? Hold on, is that boy a robot? <laughs> the boy's clearly a robot. He has no storyline. Look, look at that buff boy. Look at that buff <laughs> robot boy. Do you want to be? Do you want to go to Juilliard? Well, a... I, I like music, but I also like football. But also, I killed a man. I didn't kill him. <laughs> I wanted I... to kill him. And then in my mind, after I was attacked by a bear, I did kill him. But only in my mind. And then I was really sad. But now I'm okay. <laughs> so I like music again. Yes, please. May I come to Juilliard? Man, you really just open up to everybody who <laughs> asks you a question, huh? <laughs> Let me tell you about all of my secrets. <laughs> Um, so while this is going on, Reggie robs his dad. Apparently there is a security guard because someone shoots at him. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I'm uh, kind of upset we don't actually see the robbery. I hope I was kind of wishing this would be more of a thing. But it was kind of like when Reggie went in to steal the uh, the drugs. He just does it. Yeah, he wears a gargoyle mask so everyone will think the gargoyle gang did it. Which is very smart on Super their part because that's what the gargoyle gang would, gang would do. So he goes running out, jumps into, you know, his Veronica's car. car. Or, yeah, his car that Veronica's driving. Yeah. And she just goes, oh, you've been shot. And he's shouting, drive, just drive, just drive. And she's like, are you okay? He's like, 
You're the getaway driver. Do your one job. But are you hurt? There was a security guard there. <laughs> Veronica, drive. Finally, she drives. So there's a little thing moment I love before this. Before he get, he went in there, she was actually doing her makeup in the mirror. <laughs> and it's such a Veronica thing to be like, I'm having fun on a robbery. Like she's all dressed up with her. Oh, she's wearing high heels. She has a kerchief over her hair. Yeah. She's wearing her robbery costume. I would hate to do anything with her. <laughs> her outfits for everything she does. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Cheryl and Tony are trying to do some blackmail. They're trying to take pictures of all of, um, Mummy Blossom's Well, I think clients. enough. Enough of the clients. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. But then they also immediately get caught by Penelope Blossom. It's not very clear how many rooms she is in. Yeah, because she comes out of a room behind them, not out of the maple Also, how did she get a room, room that they that they allow them to take the... Number off. Like, it feels... Does she own the entire building? I don't know. I know this is the five seasons. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. Anyway, she's like, I don't care. I'm not ashamed of my business. It's not illegal. Though, is it not illegal? Well, I mean, if it's if they're not paying for sex, if they're paying to be like club members and they're just having consen- consensual fun. I guess, yeah. It's... A sex club is not illegal. Yeah. But in most states, sex work is mostly illegal. Yeah. So it, it, it depends sort of, on what they're paying so for. So we're sort of clarifying kind of what Penelope is. So I guess this is a sex club where people are members and have sex with each other. Though clearly the women there are... Work for her, but maybe they're also somehow members. It's... it's. I mean, let's be honest. It's clearly a secret brothel. Yeah. Yeah. And Tony is like, okay, I understand that you're not ashamed, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure your clients will not be thrilled... If we post their pictures all over, remember that. Uh, remember that man who came, who went running out when the teenagers came into the room. Yeah, people don't like this, so uh, our blackmail still stands. Yeah, it's, it, don't worry, it is still blackmail. Yeah, this blackmail we're going to do is still blackmail. And then Penelope is like, "But blackmail is illegal," and Tony's like, "Uh huh, <laughs> okay, sounds good." So then we uh, have to meet back up with Josie, and she's very sad. Because she was not invited to callbacks. Are they in grade 11? Yes! You know why you weren't invited to co- callbacks, Josie? You're not old enough to go to the school. You have to graduate high school first. Like, we're not crazy, right? They are in grade 11. They're in grade 11. Because they're, t- they're in grade 10 the first year. year. And then the summer happened on the grade 11. Yeah, there's still another year. That's why she didn't get in. Um, are... Are we crazy? Are 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 college and univer and like well, I guess it would be just be college. Are they different in the states where you have to apply in grade eleven? That's insane to me. Because when we apply for university, they don't even look at any of our grades other than our grade twelve grades. Yeah, are we doing near the beginning of grade twelve? Yeah, you should try to get stuff set up. Yeah, but, you apply in the fall. But the but... entire point is that like you're not done high school yet. Why are you applying for these places when you're not done the school you're going to? And you, because I've auditioned for grad school yeah. in acting. I've auditioned for undergrad in acting. It's in the spring. My grad school auditions were in February of the year before I would have gone. Yeah. So, it, uh, uh, listeners uh. in the U.S., are we wrong? Are Is, is your um, post-secondary like, uh, different? applications different than... Do you apply in junior year? Because that's insane to me, that concept. Like, you have to know so far ahead what you want to do. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, and I mean, like, I knew pretty quickly what I wanted to go to post-secondary for, but some people don't figure that out until grade 12. Some people don't figure it out until the year after grade 12. Yeah. 
So anyway, we get, <laughs> we're getting point. yeah. Josie is shattered, and she's like, "I sang the best I thought I could, but maybe I'm just not good enough, and that's why I'm alone, and that's why no one loves me. I can't even get a date to my mom's wedding. I was born alone. I'll die alone. I'll sing alone." Which again, Josie, <laughs> if you were willing to be in a relationship with Sweet Pea, he would have gone to the wedding with you. He just doesn't want to be a booty call. In one episode, Josie has gone from not a main character to one of the most engaging characters on this show. Because she, she has so many, f- like, deeply ingrained flaws that make her interesting and relatable. Yeah, she's just like any other teenager. Yeah, like, like she, she's like, oh, I, like these things, I'm not good enough at this. And, like, and she has, I think she, I think at this point she has fooled herself into thinking that she actually did break, did up, with break up with Sweet Pea. But don't worry, Josie. Our sweet boy Archie says he'll go to the wedding with you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Josie. I go with you now that I'm not crazy in the head anymore. I fixed myself. And by hanging out with you, maybe you will also fix yourself. I won't fix you. You have to do that for yourself. Don't worry. I'll drag you to a bathtub and shower you with cold water. Just like you did. And that was to sober you up, Archie. But it made me have realizations. <laughs> Feelings. <laughs> so while they're having that happening at the upstairs of yeah. Pop Tate's, Downstairs at Pop Tate's. There's crime happening. Veronica, doctor's Reggie. He will not go to the real doctor because how do you explain that? <laughs> yeah, but he's very excited to have been shot. And uh, I wonder if the scar will come back. No. Oh. If Archie's scars didn't come back, there's no way Reggie's tiny scar will come back. I mean, like the concept of that his robbery is revealed because they know that they shot the guy in the arm and then Reggie has an identical st- like That would be wound. cool. And like, then his dad figures it out. Uh, who knows? Scars are not. Scars are scars. <laughs> but not on this show. Sometimes they're not. Um, so they go to open up the bag the cash is in. And a boom! There's a dye pack? Okay, I have so many questions. One, why does the car dealership have a dye pack in the bag? Two, why does Richie's dad just keep a bag of cash sitting in his office? Three, why would they not, like, use their own bag? Four, if there's a dye pack in the bag of cash that Reggie's dad keeps in his office, does that mean every time he has to take the cash out to do whatever he does with the cash, he gets hit with the dye pack? Yeah, does he have to deact? I don't know exactly how, does, how dye pack. All they did was unzip it. Like, there was no fancy. Well, I think usually when you pull it open, it's supposed to, like, pull the dye pack apart. So does the dad have to, like, sneak a hand in and just pull out a single hundred dollar bill? Yeah, so, yeah, because, or did, was the idea, this is why we kind of needed to see the robbery. Because, wait, did Reggie hold up someone at the till and they piled this up into a bag? Because that's not how car dealerships this work. This makes no sense as to why there is a dye pack involved in this process. At all. <laughs> hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Well, Kevin, it's a very special time in Canada. Yeah. And maybe in some parts of the States. Because <laughs> I know that this thing is in some parts of the States. All right. Like in New York State. Yeah. It's a roll up the rim. Ooh. So for those who don't know, in Canada, we have a major coffee and donut company that's kind of like Dunkin', Dunkin Donuts, sort Except of. for it's part of our national image. Yes. Remember when we were talking about what is Canadian? <laughs> Tim Hortons Tim is Hortons. one of them. Tim Hortons is Canadian. Yeah. And every year during sort of the February-March season, essentially during Lent, 
Oh. They do roll up the rim. I'm sure they do that on purpose. It is definitely on purpose so that people won't give up. Because people give up coffee for Lent. <laughs> but sometimes people choose not to give up coffee because it's roll up the rim. Uh, so you don't get a hot chocolate. Yeah, I know. But I read an article about it once about how it is a conscious decision that they do this. All right. So roll up the rim is a competition where every time that you buy coffee, I think it just comes with hot beverages. Yeah. Um, you can roll up the rim of the hot beverage yep. container, and you can win various things. So are you done that? Yes. So, so, Kevin, this is typically when I would offer you a beverage, but I have finished mine. So let's roll up the rim and see if I want anything. Do you feel like we need to maybe branch out our what are you drinking this uh, this week section into maybe other things? Because I'm I feel gonna like we're going to start to run out. I'm trying really hard to be creative. Yeah. Also, I have bad news. I did not win anything. It says, please play again. Oh, not even a donut? Not even a donut. I had a one in six chances to win a food or coffee prize. Uh, There's places also in uh, Calgary that you can go and you can donate your your rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Because all you have to do to to turn them in is to actually, like, tear off the the, the rim and give it to them. Tear off the part that. Yeah. And, like, there are lots of things you could win. 40 Jeep compasses, $105,000 prepaid CIBC cards. Um, a thousand sport check. You know bicycles. what? I think I think Tim Hortons does a good enough job of advertising their own thing. Americans don't know. I guess it's true. And also, we have people from all around the world listening. Yeah. yeah. Hey, people in other countries. Yeah. Yeah. We know. We know you're listening. Roll up the rim. Didn't win anything. Yeah. Can't offer you any beverage. Well, that's unfortunate. Let's move on. So, a uh, kind of a, a heartening scene, if you will. Disheartening if you're Aaron. It made me so nervous. <laughs> It looks into the future to see what horrors await us. I just know that Moose is not allowed to have happiness on this show. <laughs> He's not allowed. Yeah, yeah. So Moose reveals that he... Like, so he does the same thing that uh, Kevin did to him, where Kevin shuts his locker and Moose teleports in. And he's like, hey. Well, and accuses him right on the mouth, right in the middle of the hall. <gasps> Because it's okay now, because he came out to his dad. And first his dad was weird, but then they went for chicken pot pie, so it's okay. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, so everything's fine, and I think we should spend the night together. And I lost my mind with stress. Because you're like, oh no, this is not, this can't happen. It's not going to happen. I know it's not. I know the show's not going to give this to us. This isn't, this isn't like the OC. No, there's no happiness. No joy. <laughs> so, meanwhile, I guess. Yeah. Cheryl goes to have a new interview with her fancy college. Yeah, because it turns out that the blackmail worked. They have rescinded their no alumni <laughs> thing. Or, sorry, their no legacy thing. This this, this uh, admissions person seems so, like, just done with the situation. She's like, well, apparently we're not going to do that anymore, so whatever. And Cheryl goes, cool. I'm awesome. I know that you don't give a lot of face-to-face interviews, and I don't need one because I'm awesome. So let me introduce you to someone even more awesome than I am. Here's Tony. Tony, have an interview. Goodbye. Yeah. And <laughs> Tony's wearing, like, a vest that I don't think she's wearing anything underneath. Yeah, good interview outfit, Tony. Did Cheryl not tell her? Well, she clearly only... Well, I mean, if there's anything we learn from the serpents, again, the serpents, apparently you have to do a sad strip. So maybe uh, maybe their only fancy clothes are sad stripping clothes. It's possible. Yeah. Or yeah. do what Cheryl did, which was... Help. Shoot a man? Well, she did a, she did a, she did a few things and then somehow became a serpent. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, so yeah, Tony's going to go in and have a meeting with that person. I don't think that means Cheryl's not going to Highsmith. No, I think it just means that Tony's also going to Highsmith. Yeah. So she's yeah. okay. Cool. Okay. So uh, Veronica and Reggie head on out to meet with the buyer's proxy. Yeah. And, Though um, I guess that's not the case. Though they do make it very clear to us. We're going to say it now because it apparently should have been clear to yeah, us. Yeah, we should have known. But they reveal later that that act, this person who we're about to meet actually isn't the go-between. They are the actual buyer. The buyer. I assume it was the go-between the entire time. Yeah, but then when Hermione says it, it's not really a reveal. So I guess yeah. we should have figured it out. Anyway, so they go to the meeting. A door opens. Music kicks in. And it's Gladys. Yeah, Gladys Jones is there. And she bought a whole bunch of drugs. Because she loves big crime. Oh, yeah. She just loves big crime. Not tiny crime. No. Not like FP does. No, she wants chop shops and she wants uh, massive drugs being sold to children. And she wants to kill Penny Peabody. Yeah. So, Reggie? Okay, Veronica has no idea who she is, which yeah. is fine because Veronica never would have met her. Yeah. Reggie has no idea who she is, despite the fact that I thought she only left Riverdale like yeah, but, I mean, to a f- year ago. But keep in mind, it is re- uh, it's Jughead's, it's Jughead Jones's mom. But Archie and Jughead were best, best friends yeah, until Reg- the summer before grade 10, yeah. and Reggie and Archie are best, best friends. Yeah, but I I don't think that, like, let's, let's clear. I have friends who are best friends, who have other best friends who I am not that close with, especially sometimes, even, even sometimes adversarial with. I don't know their parents. I guess she's I- just, she's such a very specific figure that someone would have realized this woman with face tattoos was around town i don't i don't think i i i don't think it's ridiculous that in grade nine what grade nine and eight that i just don't you think though no. if someone was in your grade nine or grade eight class in a town as small as riverdale is if someone's mom had face tattoos everyone would not know which yeah. kid had the mom with face tattoos i mean Aaron, maybe she got those tattoos later. Maybe those are new tattoos. Well, that's true, because before she left Riverdale, she was a very upright citizen who hated <laughs> FP's crime, and now somehow she's a serpent queen. Yeah, I mean, also there's the fact that, that, that Reggie in the first season was a different Reggie, that this Reggie has phased into to take his place. Touche, my friend. Yeah. Nothing from the first season matters, Aaron. So Gladys goes, huh, Hermione's sending kids. <laughs> she, um, says, she says more teens. Well, she clearly has a teen with her. And she's like, all right, kids, I'm not a bad parent, so um, I'm going to take this money. I'm going to charge you a fee for cleaning it. Yeah. And then you and I will figure out a payment plan. Also, I'm not leaving. Also, don't tell Jughead that I'm laundering money. Yeah, she does introduce herself. I tell them exactly who she is. Oh, and she takes Reggie's car. Yeah, which upsets Reggie a lot. That's but sad. she's going to take good care of it, which I believe because it's... I, don't know what Gladys's deal is, it, but I do believe the things that she says now. Yeah, I don't know. I might not later. I don't know. I feel every... Man, I don't know. She's weird. We're going to get to her more. She's a mystery and an enigma. So uh, Cheryl apologizes to Moose for outing him. And we find out that the sex is going to be in the bunker. Yeah. She also says that is step three, which clearly Moose does not know what that means. Moose also doesn't know that everyone has sex in the bunker. I would be horrified if I was talking to someone like Cheryl Blossom and she was like, man, I'm really sorry that I did this. this. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. She goes, all right, that's step three. And then walks away. Like, what? Am what? I going to die? <laughs> step one and two, what's Cheryl. The, what's step? What's, are there more steps? What's happening? <laughs> Cheryl, how many steps are there? Cheryl, am I going to die? 
Well. No, he's going to have sex in the sex bunker. But first, the adults break into the school. For Ascension Night. Led by Alice, because of course Alice is going to break in. Yeah. She's got all her serpent skills. Yeah. And um, apparently to to get through the Ascension Night, they have to find the chalices, flip a coin, drink one. I still don't like the flipping of the coin. I like the idea. Of... Yeah, we're, we're not going to discuss this again. Yeah. Uh, but apparently to get around it, Penelope Blossom has brought the antidote to cyanide. And they all drink it. Now, to be fair, they're all skeptical, and then she drinks it first. Well, and also, like, it's so clear, feels so clearly like Penelope's involved. She gives them the antidote to the poison they're about to drink. Is there an antidote to cyanide? There's an antidote to cyanide. You you neutralize poisons. Maybe they're just all drinking activated charcoal. Usually it's the time, is like the time you take to get it. Yeah. And they're drinking it beforehand to essentially inoculate them for later. Yeah. I think, I think that that might be real. Honestly, if it isn't, it works. Like, even if that's something where it's like, well, technically, it works. It's fine. It's not one of those things that they say, I'm like, there's no way that's possible. And they're also doing a weird setup thing where they're like, should we wait for the lodges? And the lodges walk in from the inside, and they're like, we're already here. We went in through the front door. (laughs) What did you do? And I'm sure they're seeding red herrings. Ah, Who knows? Uh, Moose and Jughead have a sexy night. This is like a little bit interstitial. Moose and Jughead. Yeah. What Sorry. Mo- interesting mental. Oh, those because they're in the bunker. <laughs> so the bunker is where Jughead always is. It's true. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Mo- Moose and Kevin. Have, have some have, sex have, with some sexy candles. There's a sexy interstitial, if you will. So I think this is because they keep on saying, oh, we're finally going to do it. We're finally going to spend the night. But I think this is the first time they've had sex. Oh, no. hundred percent. That's. But they keep on playing and being like, oh, no, it's just a sleepover. I mean, no, I think it's the it's the teenage like high school thing of like, yeah, we're going to, you know, spend the night. We're no, going to do I think the show just didn't want to say sex. I think they say sex a lot. We see a lot of sex. I know. In this that's why this is weird. I don't think it's weird. I think it's weird. I think it's 100 percent makes sense. They're just like the moon. <laughs> I think it'd be weirder if Moose was like, "Yeah, Cheryl. Also, me, me and Kevin, we're gonna have sex tonight." And you don't think that he could have just said, "Yeah, we're gonna do it for the first time." Yeah, I mean, he, he kind of does. Yeah, say but that. then he quantifies. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just. I don't care. It troubles me a little bit, and I'm not gonna dive into it. It just bothers me a bit. Right. So the adults can't find the chalices until they hear Penelope Blossom screaming. I'm not sure why she, she screams. Because she has her back. She has her back yeah. to a cow skull and a blood note. It's not real blood. It's the, definitely pain. This says, got you. And then Penelope, once again, being hyper aware of the situation, knowing exactly what's going on. Because everyone's like, oh, it's a prank. She's and like, she says, no, it's a lure to lure us away from our children. So they call all I know children. how serial killers work. I am one. <laughs> They call all their children, 99% of whom are having sex with their cell phones right next to them. Yeah, so we get, like, Jughead and Betty, and we get Tony and Cheryl, and we get um, uh, Veronica and Reggie, and all of them <laughs> have their phones super, super close. But we also get <laughs> Josie and Archie, and their phones are the furthest away. And they're just playing music. <laughs> so apparently, apparently in the world of Riverdale, if you have sex, you got to have your phone right up close to you. Now, this is the only scene that Betty is in in this entire episode, and I don't even know if we see her face. Uh, no, we do. She's also, she appears in the in the beginning when they're oh, all eating Oh, that's right. Food. Yeah. No, she's not, she doesn't have anything to do with this episode. She's done. But, disaster, 
they can't get a hold of Kevin because he's in a bunker. Yeah, he's in the sex bunker. Or, uh, no, they don't call Moose, I guess. They just call Kevin. Yeah, because Moose's dad isn't there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, Penelope Blossom asks Cheryl yeah. where the Keller boy is. Yeah. Because as they're in there, oh, man, the uh, the hatch opens up and first Kevin's like, Betty, I booked out the sex bunker. But no, it's the gargoyles. <gasps> and they have red lights. Ooh. Oh, and they grab them and they pull them out and they're all, you know, in, in they wear very white. They have, they're very yeah, why pristine. Why they've chosen to wear pristine white boxers and pristine white undershirts. Yeah. It's like they planned it. So they're, they're, they're dragged out and they're dragged to uh, essentially a ceremony where the Gargoyle King is there and there's chalices. And Moose refuses to play because this is dumb. <laughs> but, all the, but all of the other guys have knives. And so um, Kevin flips the coin and he yeah. goes to drink but luckily the gargoyle king gets shot with an arrow you <laughs> which means all these adults allowed cheryl to come with them and allowed cheryl to shoot a grown man with an arrow there's a there's an off there's an off-camera moment there where fb is like cheryl you can't bring that bow with you and she's like i'm not gonna do anything with it then, then leave it behind no, it's it's part of my image. No, you, no. Well, if you don't, if you're not gonna do anything, then you don't need it. Then Sheriff you Jones, you just don't understand fashion. I guess I don't understand fashion. I just don't shoot anyone with that bow and arrow. I won't. It's team fashion. Whoop. Ah, Cheryl. I told you. <laughs> ah, I knew you were gonna shoot them with a bow and arrow. So the grown-ups come in. They rip off the gargoyle hoods, and this is the ROTC led by Moose's dad as yeah. a, a second fake gargoyle king. And now we get a scene. That is pretty much a full explanation, and it, and I, like it's 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 honestly kind of simple, but also very complicated, and also very sad, but also very insane, and also I'm not sure what it's what gaps supposed to be filling in. I don't know. I'm not sure if we're supposed to assume anything that happened in any other episode relates to this, or if this is just this moment. And F. P. Jones's face asks all the questions we just asked as he listens. To Big Moose explain. So Big Moose also had a friend when he was uh, young, and that friend was also uh, Kevin Keller's actor. <laughs> and he tried, they were the best of friends until he tried to kiss Tom Keller once. And Tom Keller was cool, but everyone else was not cool. Yeah. And so then he got sent to the sisters. The worst people. Then he went through the straight conversion camp. Which involves the Gargoyle King. And also involves Griffins and Gargoyles. And so he was so sad that his son was gay that he tried to scare his son with the Gargoyle King as he was once scared. However, there was no poison and no one was going to get stabbed. He he does mention at some point that he heard that Tom Keller and the others had played Griffiths and Gargoyles. Oh, he knew. Yeah, he said yeah. that while they were playing it at school, he was playing it at the sisters. Yeah, I don't know how he heard about that. I assume from Tom <laughs> Keller, his best friend. I guess and when we talk Keller yeah. Or he heard it from another kid at um the sisters because they talked about how they had like leaked their game out. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Or maybe he was friends with the original Gargoyle King, Hiram. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly Hiram. Clearly Hiram. Clearly Hiram. But then he then when he heard that they were getting married, that also upset him, he mentions. He mentions that Tom and uh, well, he's he still loves Tom, so he's yeah. upset that he's lost his chance with him again. But then he also wants to scare his son straight. Into not being gay. 
Yeah, using the Gargoyle King. Here, essentially what this comes down to is the sisters are very, very bad. Well, I and mean... Straight conversion camps are very, very bad. Well, here, let's, let's also pull it back. So he was the one who lured the parents to the school then, right? Yes. But he sent out those letters before he knew his son was gay. But he did know about the wedding. So he essentially, he pivoted is what it sounds like. It sounds like he was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing because they're getting married and I want to do... And then, and then he learned something to be like, okay... I could, you know what? I can use this thing I was doing mm-hmm. beforehand. I could just like change it up, maybe. Because I would guess originally he was going to be in the school and try to sh- scare Sierra and um, Tom into not getting or married. Or maybe actually try to kill them. And then he was like, wait a second. Is other things more important? Like, it's, it's hilarious to me to comprehend that the big bad villain of this episode pivoted his plan in the middle of it to something completely different. Well, and then maybe he was like, if I scare the boys, then maybe Sierra and Tom won't get married. Yeah, no, what he does doesn't even make sense in the mind of a madman. But he is the maddest of men. And FP is just like, oh, yeah. oh no. FP, FP is acting in the same way we are, where he just like glares, like stares at him like, what? He's also very upset that, that he's like, you didn't like him because they were gay. How dare you? Well, no, he very much is like, the sisters really messed well, he, you up. Yeah, when well, he said that after. He said yeah. that after he heard about all this yeah. stuff. Before he was just like, oh, you're, you know, homophobic. You're just a bigot. And then he was like, oh, wait, nope, you're a... <laughs> there are two bigots in this city. There's you and Penelope. You're a deeply damaged man. Shoot. Yeah. And he, also his face, being the sheriff sucks. Why didn't Tom tell me? Yeah. So Jughead and FP sort of... Uh, talk. Jug to get some lines. Yeah, they have just a little day new mom when they're like, but still, where is the Ur Gargoyle yeah, King? They're like, we keep. T- so this person used the Gargoyle King to do this, and this person used the Gargoyle King to do that, which makes it sound more and more like the Gargoyle King there does is, not exist. Yeah, it's just people using it because so many people are paranoid about it, which yeah. I, which I which don't cool. think would be a terrible resolution to this entire thing. That the Gargoyle King has never been one thing; it's just been people using it. To yeah. get their ways, which really, I really hope folds into the farm. It would be a very cool expo- exploration of human nature. Yeah. But then we hear a voice, and it's Jellybean. She's inside the house. As is Gladys, and it seems they've been there for a while. Yeah, because Jug F- Jughead and Effie are ones just getting home. But they're there, and not only are they, th- are they there for that time right now. They're staying for a long time. <laughs> and FP is a little bit like, ugh. <laughs> Jughead is just happy. Yeah, but FP's like, this is suspicious. So we're going to wrap up into the final montage, but of course that needs music. And who's going to provide the music? Well, Archie's back into music now. Yep. They talk a little bit about how the party never happened, that reception. Yeah. The parents were just like, this is tempting fate. And I just imagine Kevin being like, but then you made the Gargoyle King win. No. 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 Um. But Josie is no longer sad about not getting into Juilliard because at least no one's trying to murder her. Yeah. Especially not her parents. So then uh, Archie was like, oh, I was excited because I thought we were going to sing together. <laughs> then Josie, I was going to flash back to season one where Josie was like, look, we don't sing with you. We're the Pussycats. We just sing our own. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of sassy storyline. Our, our, we, we do our music. We only we don't do covers. We do our own music. Then they all they ever did was covers. But well, anyway. don't worry. The Pussycats are gone. So now she'll sing with Archie. Actually, it was Melody. It was all Melody's fault. She just didn't want us to sing with you. She whispered in my ear like worm tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Melody is my worm tongue. She's gone now, though. Let's <laughs> sing, Archie. Let's sing. 
So yeah, they they sing. Uh, they stare real hard at each other. It's a lot. Uh, and we wrap up some of the characters. So first, the heartbreaking one, the one that Aaron saw coming from a mile away. Well, first we have a little cute scene with the adult Kellers where they're happy that they have a cake. Oh, is that but there? Then oh, yeah, we is. come to the youthful Kellers. Yeah, and fortunately, Moose with his dad in jail. Well, so. Moose comes in. He says, I have to leave. I have to live with my aunt. And then yeah. Kevin responds with, no, you have so many friends here. You can live with any of us. And Moose says, no, I can't need live in to, this town. I need to go away for a while. So he's moving so to unclear. Glendale. It's yeah. unclear whether or not his dad's in jail or if he just can't. Yeah, can't live with the dad who did that to him. So that's yeah. fair. So he's moving to Glendale. It's very sad. Uh, Cheryl and Tony give a little bit of talking about how man the scissors were real bad it's a good thing we got you out of there Cheryl and left those other kids in there for and then a year later Betty shut it down <laughs> but boy it's a good thing we got you out and then Cheryl reveals the craziest thing she may have done in this series and I will remind you she burned a house down <laughs> so Cheryl has gone around the school and collected up every girl who wears a leather jacket. She's got a whole bunch of tough girls together. It was like, hey, Tony, gang. You miss your gang, I give you a gang. You give me gang, I give you gang. I don't know if this show knows what a gang is, because it sounds like she just started a club, but is calling it a gang, but it's also its gang. And they like it. Yeah, those girls are into it. They ask what their name is, and Tony names them... The Pretty Poison. Because <laughs> they can't call themselves the Pink Ladies. Dope, because they're not wearing pink. <laughs> also, that's taken. Yeah, so I guess they're also <gasps> a, a gang? gang. Are they going to do security? Because they... that's all the serpents do. Are they going to sell drugs? Like, does Cheryl not understand what a gang is? Are they going to start doing crime? What's happening here? Is she just giving Tony friends? Because what Tony... So the reason Tony misses the serpents, and we didn't really dig into this, is because she misses her family. She misses the people who supported her no matter what, until she started robbing people's houses. Yeah. You know what what Tony needs? Friends? She needs to play Dungeons and Dragons. It's true. Mm, Yeah. Who would also support her no matter what, until she started robbing houses. Yeah. (laughs) I know that happens with my D&D groups. Yeah, really, she sees a whole bunch of friends, but Cheryl's like, she wants a gang, I'll give her a gang. I made a gang, step four. So then we meet Veronica and Reggie, and this is where we learn that Gladys is the buyer. Yep, and she's staying. And then that segues into a scene where Gladys and Jellybean are talking with a lot of, like, slyness. They're kind of evil, because... Jellybean's like, yeah, I got FB wrapped right around my finger. And she's sitting there drinking water in the glass. It's like, yeah, this is the right time. He's the sheriff. The mayor is in my pocket. We've come to the right town at the right time. We're going to stay here for a long time. Yeah, so I guess now Gladys wants to control the town. I don't know. I don't know what she wants. And not in a, like, my God, I don't know what she wants, but in a... Because I thought... I thought... Yeah. That her thing was that she only liked, like, really small crime. <laughs> and she just wanted to look after kids. Yeah. Which somehow sometimes led to her having to murder Penny Peabody. Yeah. But in this case, she's throwing her son under all the buses? Maybe more of FP under the buses? Maybe she cares more about Jughead than FP? I don't... I just... But I, this would also throw Jughead under the bus. Like, she yeah. has to know that. I thought she was good-ish. 
Like, FP is good. Yeah, well, like how Veronica is good. But she's bad, like Hermione is sometimes. And, yeah, so I don't know if she's supposed to be, like, another, like, Hiram Hiram has entered town, essentially, where she's going to now try to rule the town. But but this but this do what this doesn't do, Aaron. It doesn't clarify that uh, com- that um, uh, talk we had last episode about when was she paid, because that would kind of clarify. No, also- no, that's not what we were talking about last episode. Last episode we were trying to figure out when the um, governor was paid. Yes, but that's also when she pays. Like she pays in the governor. No, no, she's already paid. No, no uh, I, I don't mean that when she uh, paid. I mean uh, that. That but the money that she gave was given to the to the governor. Yeah, but that was not supposed to be the money that was given to the governor. That was just Hermione going rogue when Hiram was in his. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case that we know of, Aaron, if that that's... is all the evidence the show has given us. We have to believe what the show says yeah. until we're told otherwise. Well, all what we know is that Hiram that Hermione went behind Hiram's back, sold his drugs, yeah, to give the money to. So sold his drugs and gave the money from the selling the drugs to pay off the governor. I don't think she gave the money to the governor, Kevin. I think she lied to Veronica. Well, <laughs> like, come on. Well, <laughs> if it makes that little sense, why wouldn't Hermione lie to Veronica? I don't know because things that have made less sense happen on the show. You are thinking way too much about this governor thing. Well, that's because it was a big part. They shut down an entire city for five weeks. Yes, and we have not found out why yet. Yet. All right. Then the final thing is that Archie and Josie, as they're staring hard into each other's eyes. Kiss. Because we saw that coming last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's been a while since since Archie's been in a relationship, I guess. It's been five weeks. It has been. Maybe more. (laughs) And now he can feel emotions again. Yeah. And so can Josie. Because they're both main characters now. And not crazy. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Oh, did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment when Logic rolled up the rim on on its coffee and did not find a Jeep compass? It only found drama. I did. And my moment is why was there a dye pack in that bag? (laughs) That's that's kind of the obvious one, yeah. I know we talked about this a lot earlier, so we don't have to dive into it. But, like, that literally only... It didn't even prolong the storyline. No, because they just gave the dye pack money to her. And she's like, I guess I'm going to have to clean this. And she's never... Like, they never had enough money. So yep. they didn't need that added element. Yep. But thanks, show. Such drama. Kevin, do you have a CW moment? Mine also has to do about the robbery. But mine kind of extrapolates some stuff out of that. So the entire reason the robbery happened... Was because they didn't have enough money at Pop Tates and Le Bon Nuit. Right. So they're like, so Reggie was like, "Oh, we can just roll, roll my dad. He is, he's a safe full of money. That should cover up the di- the difference." But turns out, what Reggie actually did was like walk into an office, see a bag of money, and just take the bag of money. Or he held up the. There's no teller at a car. I know there's no teller, but that's usually how die pack those die packs happen. Is the bag comes from someone else. No, no, I think Reggie's dad just keeps a bag of money with a die pack. <laughs> just in it, decoy in his money. <laughs> but it does mean that because there's no way he could have asked to tell her because he has no idea how much money they had. Yeah, and then he, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. And then that led to the line, which the line is my CW moment, where he goes, 
well, let's see how much money we got. I'm like, the entire purpose of this is that you had a set amount you needed to get and you don't know if you did it he just assumed that his dad would have that much so he just found a bag and was like oh there's probably money in this like i i I guess we're supposed to assume that because the the robbery went wrong but i don't know i feel like we needed to see that scene for that to make sense yeah why don't they ever show us the drama they're like a shakespearean play a messenger just comes in and explained what happened off stage (laughs) I am waiting for, obviously, the episode where Messenger runs in and goes, Okay, the Gargoyle King has been captured! There was a fight, and then this man stabbed this man, and now this man is dead, and this man is the Gargoyle King. (laughs) He fell to his knees, and he lamented the skies. More Shakespearean Uh, More tale of woe than this Archie and this Veronica. (laughs) (sighs) Well, that's, uh, that's that episode of Riverdale, and it... Now is two weeks. Yeah, now we have to wait two weeks to know what Gladys is up to, because I'm sure they'll tell us immediately. (laughs) Or they'll keep it really vague and never really explain it. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah, I thought... It's, is Hiram's big plan? I mean, I guess he's recovered from being shot. He is so. walking around with a cane. Yeah, so I wonder what his big plan is going to be now that Gladys is there and all his drugs are gone. I mean, he can make more drugs. No one dismantled his operation. I like how... <laughs> no, no they, they also burnt his supplies. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he can still, get more supplies. He can get more supplies, absolutely. It did nothing to his operation. He yeah. just has to remake his supplies. I I like how Gladys was like, ah, oh, well, Hermione, if I tell Hiram that you went behind him and sold his stuff, that he'll get angry. And I'm like, what other thought process would Hiram go under? Yeah, what, what? Wait, where do all my drugs go? Hmm, could it be my wife or my daughter? <laughs> no, it's a third party. Where's that soft boy? Her- Hermione. Why don't I have drugs anymore? If we are correct in the fact that she wanted him to stop doing the drugs and move, and he just moved them instead, and that was the purpose for the entire quarantine, then of course it's Hermione. <laughs> He's not dumb. When he wa- when he comes limping out of the hospital to check on his pr- drug prison. And it's empty. He'll be like, ah, Hermione got my drugs. Oh, well, check and match. Time to start a new game of chess. Like, maybe the idea is that... That if they say destroyed it is fine, but if they say they sold it, then the money, like if you're right, the money was something else and she was. Yeah. Her, her mind just bought a new Glaberger egg. She's so mad that Veronica smashed that first one. <laughs> so she sold his drugs to get a Glaberger egg. <laughs> you know what? That storyline I would like better. And then lied to Veronica. They're like, no, I already gave the money to the, the governor. governor. <laughs> a child will believe that, right? <laughs> What's that in your pocket? It's nothing. Don't worry. <laughs> Certainly not a Glamourge egg <laughs> that I carry around with me. All the time. Because I'm not going to let you smash it again, Veronica. Anyway, you heard about Bumble? <laughs> <laughs> so if you like this episode, please hit us up on some social medias. Tell us all about it. Tell us about your Bumble experience. <laughs> Give us a rating, review, a subscription on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Play. And just use that podcast MOA, podcastmoa at gmail.com, on Twitter, on Instagram, on email, podcastmoa, podcastmoa at gmail.com. I'm sure people will be able to parse out what you just said. They love it. Okay. I'm too much coffee. What is Gladys's plan for Riverdale? What's next for Archie and Josie? Who would win in a fight between the gargoyles, the pretty poisons, and the serpents? The three teen gangs of Riverdale. Answers next time on Mr. Osiris and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>